for Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right, right now I'm joined by Donny Bonet, Atamanie, which is good morning. How are you? Very good. Yourself, Jamie? I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Le Piano is your latest EP. Um, first off, listening to music, um, it is, you know, it's, it's amazing for so many reasons and so many, and it's important for so many things like um you know music can mellow your mood it can enhance your mood it can help you work through situations help you um you know get things out you know if you're angry things like that music listening to music can save your life um i've always talked to musicians about music that they make um and we'll, we'll do that here um soon but this ep is reflective of music that's helped you in the last few years lockdowns uh, you know le- devastation to the live industry in australia and around the world uh and you know and then hit the road the road again i guess you know which is risky mm-hmm. extremely risky you don't know if you go overseas you don't know if shows are going to be cancelled you don't know what's going to happen um so tell me about the inspiration for this ep and how music helped you yeah this was actually it was funny because um the crazy years for me would have been 2018 2019 um, just uh, this sudden explosion of um, international touring mm. came out of nowhere, and uh, I was doing all these tours solo and you know on on a very small budget. Um, I was, which was kind of cool. Like I kind of miss that. I mean, we're still on the low budget now, but <laughs> but I was catching I was catching planes everywhere and you know, um, all through Europe and catching lots of planes. And uh, I'm a, at the time I was a pretty seasoned traveller, so. Um, I had this uh, record, this Japanese kind of ambient minimal record uh, by Hiroshi Yoshimura um, called Soundscapes and um, Soundscape. And uh, I had this routine every time I jump on the plane, I put this record on. And yeah. Just complete and utter chaos going on, and I'd be in the zone. So, and throughout the, those two years of touring, um, I'd be visit like a lot of. I'd, I like touring because, especially when you're not driving, if you're on a train or a plane. Especially a train, the internet, you just go crazy on Spotify and, and mm. find new things. And I was doing lots of research, like, you know, basically each country I'd be in, I'd be like, oh, what was there? Some of their artists from, you know, 70s to 80s. And um, I remember there was one trip, um, I was in Scandinavia, it was very picturesque, it was in the winter, there was snow. I was listening to a lot of ECM, European jazz records, and um, I don't know. I was just—I've I've always wanted to kind of start do an album or a record or something of some instrumental music. Um, mm-hmm. On the Don, there's an instrumental track that was uh, like an extra called "Beneath the Sheets," and then, of course, in Mister Experience, uh, the last track of the album was called "Waterfall Love Scene." Mm-hmm. So that kind of that kind of music. Um, when I was touring, I'd, I'd have just listen to instrumental music and just minimal stuff, and it just you know kind of calm you down but just you know you forget that you're in you don't know where you are and you know there's yeah. screaming kicking you on you on a plane or something like <laughs> and then also I was doing a lot of touring and a lot of I was writing Mr. Experiences felt as well at that time or I just finished and it's very um it's interesting writing an album like a with, you know with lyrics it's, it's, it's such a you've got to make sure that 8 to 10 songs complement and finish with each other yeah 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 and so my brain usually by the end of it is absolutely fried and then writing instrumental music um, or listening to it you just there's all the time in the world to develop ideas um, there's sonic palettes different different sonic palettes you can explore because there's not a, a voice or a vocal in there um, yeah and 
it was weird because I think um, the initial lockdown period for 2020 for me, I was in full promo mode for Mr. Experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really, really intense album for me to write um, just because I was trying to squeeze it in between um, touring and there was some family tragedy stuff happening through that. And so by the time I finished it, I was just completely spent. And when it came out and then when COVID hit, I was, you know, like everyone, I was like, oh man. And I was too deep in to pull it back and, you know, looking at how the last two years have been, it would have been really unwise because by pushing forward, I got everyone's attention I wanted. It had great momentum. It built up um, my audience, even though I wasn't playing it live. So mm. at the end of that year, I was completely burnt out from social media. <laughs> I didn't want to vibe anymore. I think everyone was. I and, think we all um, were, yeah. Yeah, and I'd been, that time I'd gotten myself a drum kit. Um, my younger brother's the drummer in my band, and I've always played drums. And so I got that. Like every musician, you kind of upskilled, you bought some new recording equipment, and you know, really worked. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I kind of, you know, spent the year learning how to record drums. And, you know, I always thought I was a good drummer, but I wasn't. Once I, <laughs> I hadn't played drums. You know, when I was a little kid, I'd play my brother's drums every day. And so I had about a 20, 20 year break from that. So kind of upskilled on that and then I wanted something in between I didn't want to start writing and I didn't want to release any new music um, vocals yet because yeah. I wanted to take um, Mr. Experience out on the road when I could so for me this was a nice little stopgap solution um, it kept me uh, very busy very entertained and inspired and I didn't have the pressure of trying to write lyrics after not having done anything for you know a year yeah yeah, so yeah. it was a really nice it was a really nice um you know, they say like COVID was a good reset for people. For me, it was a nice reset, just, you know, going, cool, I can do this other kind of music that I enjoy recording and listening to. And, you know, so, yeah. Is there more or less to consider when you write an instrumental track? You know, are you still trying to tell a story with a song? Uh, yeah, I think, I th- uh, yeah, you, you can, can't, you, you do, and you want to, you do want to, you can take your time doing it, I think. And it can be something really subtle. It can be a change of a drum pattern or change an introduction of a new synth or, or sound palette or something. Um, I think, like, for the piano, um, the story in my mind of the piano um, is that uh, the Paris um, syndrome. I'm not sure if you know about that. Yeah. It's like Japanese tourists going to Paris and, you know, it's, it's a big, really big deal for them to go over and have this, you know, Japanese. It's really hard in Japan to take a holiday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know, you dream your whole life of going to Paris and, it's, and seeing the Eiffel Tower <laughs> and being baguettes and scooters and you know people gypsies playing accordions. Um, wow! When they get there and they just go, "Wow, it's a real shithole." Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like <laughs> uh, apparently like you have like a hotline or this is what I've heard. Yeah, um, but you can go and like be consoled and like you know this is actually <laughs> what Paris is about. But I had this idea of like almost. Um, like and I, I love city pop as well. Like I love the, 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 the kind of seventies, early eighties take on disco funk. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in my mind, it's kind of like. And there was another album. Um, oh, I always keep on. I was talking to someone about the other day. I'm just going to quickly tell you what it is because it's really, really cool. Um, it's a French. Here we go. It's right here. It's cool. Alec, Alec Manchon is this French guy um, from the 80s. It's like a boogie kind of, not a boogie, like a disco 
boogie album from the 80s. I think he's only done one or two albums, but this is the only one that exists that you can kind of find. And um, I really love that album. So it's like a Japanese version of that, if that makes sense. And then yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm like looking at through to, you know, I've got this idea in my head. It's this Japanese guy wanting to record an album that sounds like that. That's what that's like. <laughs> that's kind of really weird. But, and it's because I loved all, I was listening to all these albums in the past few years and I'm like, be really cool if you like they melded in together um there's another french album uh alain chamfois this guy and he was he's like a french uh hero like he's in there's an album um bamboo is it the album that's the track um and i think search game no, the album is a more oh, i can't read it <laughs> and um it's a wally 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 bad um produced as well and Gainsbourg wrote some of the songs so it's like this incredible like French African um, producer and then with like Serge Gainsbourg helping out the songwriting it's an amazing album wow. the song Bamboo was like you know you mention it to anyone French and like oh that's like yeah you know, yeah so it's like that was a record I've really listened to a lot over the last few years and it was again like just a blending of all those for lack of a better word a fusion of all those styles um not fusion music, just fusion as in the actual process. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I kind of took that approach with this as well. So like uh, Forgotten Spring is, um, for me, that's all the times I've been in Japan. I mean, I think I've been there on tour five times. Never for Donnie, but for other things. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And that's just my, I can imagine, you know, just walking around listening to that. Um, I was kind of writing and recording music I'd want to listen to when I was going to certain places. Cappuccino is a really old B-side from The Don. Yeah. Um, and I pulled that out. I went through hard, like 2020, I was, you know, everyone's like just going through stuff again. I pulled out some old hard drives. I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember this song. And um, so I kind of reworked that. And then the last one, Passenger, is um, it's my kind of John Carpenter, Japanese Shinkansen song. Um, I just imagine traveling in Japan, listening to and it's basically an ID from... Uh, a drum machine. I hooked a drum machine up to a synthesizer and um, got the synthesizer arpeggiating, and just it was really weird. It was like it wasn't a, not paint by numbers, but it, it wasn't a melodic thing. It was like a putting together a group of ideas, and then just a lot of cutting and a lot of surgery on the song. Not necessarily music, um, like just putting ideas together in a completely different way. You'd write, say, you know, a, a lyric song that I put on one of my albums. So, yeah, they're all really, um, I don't know, they're, they're different processes, trying to tell stories that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of explains it. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Um, don't the people from, don't they go back from Paris and tell everybody not to go? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> surely, surely there's been a PSA out by now. I know it's a thing I've heard. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> we're trying to come up with ways of doing um, um, you know this pain all too well um, although you guys weren't as locked down as heavily as we are for as long as we were no we're trying to do a film clip um, oh <laughs> yeah yeah I've seen a few we, yeah we were locked down oh I think for, it was great 2021 we were just about free and then everything went to shit and that was when I was trying to do I couldn't even get album covers done like photos um <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't meet up with a photographer or anything. So, yeah, it was really weird. It was like, oh. 
Yeah, uh, oh, <clears throat> I had to do a whole bunch of promo for doing the show from home because we had to make it some kind of thing, you know. So I was taking yeah. shots in bed and then sitting on my roof with the microphone in my hand, trying to do all kinds of weird stuff just with the, you know, with the smartphone. This is all we had. Uh, it was an interesting time. A very interesting time. Um, <clears throat> now, you've just got back from the States. Um, you've got a couple of shows to play in Oz, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. Um, and then you're heading back out again uh, off to Europe. Um, so, I mean, how was the States and how is it being on the road um, still in, in these kind of uncertain times? Or think, but, <laughs> but, but, but then again, like America is kind of like they're, they're done, right? They're not going to go into any more lockdowns or cancel anything again. No, no. no. Um, but, um, I found America was great. Um, I don't know what it's like when I was there. Um, there was still a lot of obviously like you know America's 50 different countries yeah um, and uh, we kind of when we routed the tour out my booking agent um, there was a few states we didn't go to because they didn't have mask or vaccine mandates and at the time you know we'd been, I'd been COVID free um, up until last week two weeks ago <laughs> in the strap from Australia and so we were trying to work out how we do this and what would you know and, and there's just no no as no, no plan B's make sense. There's plan B's, plan C's, and you'd heard horror stories. Um, I think Amel and the Sniffers went over to try and do some Europe trip tours, and I think the, they did one show, and, and they got COVID, and it was at the time, I, I think they might have had a TV appearance with BBC, so they couldn't, once somebody tested positive, they couldn't do it, and, you know, this whole big rigmarole of getting a band overseas finally after this time, and heading yeah. back after one show, and so that was all in your mind, you know, and we'd seen like, I mean, uh, Tame Impala went overseas, but they also took, you know, they had their own private bus for each member or something. <laughs> they, didn't, uh, no, they, they did it in a way, they did it in a way that, you know, it was very, it was pretty intense. And I mean, you know, for their budget, of course, they can do that. So yeah. I did the US, I did it, in the end, I worked out the safest and most affordable way of doing it was me doing it myself. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, driving myself around and, and uh, yeah, it was after the third day of driving, um, I realized that it was actually safer to fly. <laughs> America was great in that every venue I went to, it was, um, I-, I love going to America. And I, I, the, the weird thing of America where there's, everyone is really polite and there's also, you know, it's polite and the, 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 the tipping thing and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of worked really well that in that every venue you went to everyone realized and appreciated like what it like what our industry had been through so yeah every staff member was wearing a mask so I'd go to a sound check I'd been mud masked up I felt completely safe and they were completely respectful we did it all then I'd pop back to the hotel or the green room which was within five minutes walking distance the riskiest time was when I did a show um, and then I didn't sell merch which was um a tactic of making it safe for us to yeah 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 do these things it didn't help me financially but um, <laughs> I to to be done. the reaction was amazing it was real like uh, real kind of you know we had like speechless tears like I played first night in Boston was great like I was the audience were basically just cheering and then the second night was New York it was a sold out show at Barry Ballroom it was like a, you know great venue to play there's like 600 people there mm-hmm. um, 
and there was like a standing ovation for like five minutes. I, Amazing. I couldn't, I couldn't start a song. It was like really like shit. This is you know, and it just everyone was glad to be there. Um, a lot of people it was their first show in two years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're because I was over there in February 2020. So I came home with, I, I think I got COVID back then. <laughs> I was really sick when I was over in the States then. But a lot of people were like, your show was our last show we went to. And so it was just great. Um, I don't know. And I think Australia, we had that for a bit. Like I remember the first show I did in Melbourne where, you know, it was, I got really lucky in 2021. The When, when I did my tour, all the restrictions changed. Um, so we played the first weekend in Melbourne where you could stand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, and everyone went apeshit crazy. It was just like, yeah. So when I go to Europe, <laughs> I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty, pretty amazing. Um, we're, we're playing some, you know, like six hundred cap plus shows that are already sold out. That were sold out from twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, um, yeah. A show in Amsterdam sold out in three days back in um, at the end of twenty nineteen. So yeah, that's and then I, the last time I was in Europe was in J- July 2019 so it's almost a year uh, three years sorry yeah yeah um, yeah yeah so I think it's going to be insane um, look that tour I'm I'm the thing I'm most worried about is Brexit <laughs> <It's not right. laughs> um, all the other stuff like it's going to be what it's going to be now um, you yeah know, I'm sure you know this in New Zealand like we're all just going ahead and doing what we're going to do and um, our, you know people want to play shows people want to come out to shows yeah some people don't it's still a, it's still a funny time it's still pretty early days i hope it's okay and i hope the experience i had in america where i felt um i felt completely cool like i was taking precautions but i also felt completely safe the whole time i hope i feel that way in europe um but and look being sick in europe's better than being sick in the states so totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pick the right country. Uh, getting sick in Scandinavia is probably a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably like a holiday. Um, great. So, um, so obviously, you're. I mean, these tours are, are still really connected with uh, Mister Experience. Yeah. So, um, uh, you're gonna maybe come and see us. We just had our Kevin Bacon moment a couple of weeks ago, so we can dance now too, yeah. um, which is great. Because <laughs> we've, we've had weeks and weeks of sit-down shows, as I'm sure you had over there really? too. Still? Yeah. Oh yeah, up until two weeks ago. But we're in wow. the, we're we but we're in the middle of Omicron now. Oh, that's right. You guys went out and in. Yeah, 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 yeah we get yeah. late. We get everything late. After all, you yeah, you yeah, lot yeah, yeah, can yeah. bring it bring it over. No, Thanks. I think we were planning. Um, we were, I was planning to go in 2020 when we were um, we did our original Australian tour, uh, original Australian shows. It was supposed to be in. June and at the time I was like oh we'll take over um, I wanted to go do a couple of shows in New Zealand um, take the family over have a holiday nice. that was the original plan back at the end of 2019 then we found out we're having another kid so I was like oh we can't fly at that time so everything got pushed back so it's, it's always in the back of my mind um, yeah New Zealand it'll be the holiday destination of choice I think oh very nice home. so yeah it'd be, I think the last time I went would have been freaking long time ago I want to say like 2014 or 15 I don't know probably 14 a long time ago pre the dawn would have been yeah it was uh, I think I hung up with um, Disaster Radio um, oh Luke Luke yeah he's great yeah 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 yeah, yeah. best halves in the business 
A dude. Dude, right? Those calves are amazing. That guy they can are. dance. He is a... Yeah. <laughs> you look upstairs, you're like... And then you look downstairs, you're like, what? They're, yeah, those calves are immaculate. Yeah, They're yeah. just rock solid. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's a thing. We we all know about those calves. <laughs> this calves and NZ. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn straight. Oh, well, I hope, hopefully you can make it over. Um, and I, I hope the, um, the European tour um, is uh, everything you want it to be and amazing. Um, and I really enjoy um, Le Piano, The Piano. Um, it's a nice little EP. And I know uh, everybody should go out and check it out. Uh, sold out on vinyl. The limited I run. I've got a few copies left on, um, on my web store. But yeah, it's. Yeah, the band camp. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I've got some of them mine, so don't worry. <laughs> we sold a whole bunch of Japan, actually. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it may be re- up for a repressive very soon. Oh, nice, nice. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us this, um, this morning or this evening. My pleasure. Uh, a pleasure talking to you again. Um, yeah, take care of yourself. Uh, have fun in Europe. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you in Aotearoa, New Zealand, sometime in the near future. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.